0: our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. You, g- you get... <laughs> I'll, go back to the I'll podcast slay you. I
3: will put you in the ground. <laughs>
1: Sorry,
3: I, be I, right back, I getting I, a I, fucking I, shovel. I, Sorry, guys.
4: I'm I, yeah, no, no, not going to be able
0: to finish this campaign. No, I, I know you're talking about, Ryan. <laughs> I know. I am the no, young Brognard, <laughs> kicking it to you live, okay, with a recap of the entire campaign. Apparently, I'm not going to survive this recap, but you know what? It's been nice knowing all you. Before we move into the last adventure in the series, okay, the Herald, before we move into that, it is very necessary for us to talk about everything that's happened up to this point. Now, I know we did a recap in the midpoint of Asgabellum a while ago. Probably what, six months was as of recording. That's what you said, Ryan. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So I, I think that it's necessary that we talk about the campaign up to this point from the perspective of players and characters, rather than just here's what happened, blah blah blah. We don't want a history lesson. We want the lived-in personal experience of the campaign up to this point, you know. So what I think would make sense is I'm going to read off the short blurb for every quest, okay? And then we're going to go through how this affected every character individually. Could be some small. Sometimes it's not that huge for a character. Sometimes it's major developments. So we're going to start off with the first adventure that we did in the recording, what, like three fucking years ago at this point? When did we do the Queen? I don't even... Back before... Feels like three years ago, Um, doesn't it? So, the first. I was living in New York in the,
4: City, it was at least a year
3: ago. Well, there you Don't dox uh, yourself. The,
0: <laughs> the first quest that we had for the Queen Adventure was called Scraping the Barrel, which I have this blurb that says Party makes a name for themselves, saving teens in town. And this is episodes one through eight. Uh, so, yeah, what? Fought zombie goats, destroyed a cult, right? Right. Yeah. So. Uh, we kind of did a little bit of a review before we started this podcast because holy cow, is this a lot of stuff to go over? So, I mean, I guess we'll just go across the board of of what was important here. So, what was important for Anton during this whole thing? Because I have information that's written down and I don't know what you wrote down, but...
4: Well, for Anton, he came from an extremely sheltered clerical life. Like, he didn't have any exposure to adventure his biggest exposure was community and charity and helping people and this quest i think gave him a real wake-up call in a few ways one that your community may expect your charity and be very kind to you but that might not be the same once you leave your kind city walls um it's considering that some people might not be deserving of charity but just really just I think absorbing it as a sponge, and in addition to that, learning that the world is not a safe place, and if you don't know how to protect yourself, like holding a mace, bottoms up.
0: Which we it's still have n- yeah, bottoms up decapitated you and bottoms hold up their heads. Job?
5: Yeah,
4: yeah. I was gonna
0: say, I was gonna say, after all this like learning of streetwise and skills and stuff, at what point does Anton declare holding the enemy's decapitated head a good move? Where's the charity in that? Is this the I charity? That, <laughs> that was tactical
1: <laughs> advice from Norhill uh, that convinced Anton that carrying the enemy's severed head before their followers was indeed the correct and tactically sound thing to
0: do. Well, for the Norhill notes for this quest, I wrote that he was local justice and lawful as fuck. Would you, uh, yeah, so have, I care to make a note at, about at this the point
1: in the can, in the campaign, Norhill was very much separate from, you know his home, his clan, his hearth, and his company. right? He was a foreigner on foreign soil. So it was very important for him to make sure that as like a de facto representative of the dwarven people uh, to these lands, that he did things the right way and made a good impression
0: very good yeah I'm, i remember a highlight of you tossing flour on the invisible man and shooting him but
3: yeah. as the dwarves do I,
0: I was gonna say i don't mean to roast every character with like the embarrassing baby videos or whatever like the family videos where it's like so as your as a child how did this shape you and you're like well i learned a lot growing up i'm like why did you eat that bug that one time let's roll the clip like, I don't, I don't want to do that to every how character, else but... do you
1: fight an invisible character without magic? Think about it.
0: Flower. Um, for this quest, uh, for Kleeka, I have written down that she found Flicker, she's a cleaner, and everyone knows her already.
3: Yep, I mean, Kleeka had a lot of weird moments starting out, because she didn't quite know how to interact with the world she's very trusting Uh, I mean this is uh, very much where her and Jarzak's friendship found its roots Uh, but yeah I mean this is also where she found Flickr as you said uh, where she started the very habitual habit of making sure everything was nice and clean and I don't know about everybody knows me already, uh, but people weren't as weirded out as maybe they should have been about a goblin showing up. But
0: yeah, I mean, goblins have something or at least we knew that goblins had something of reputation based on the history of them involved in war, where they were pretty solid, pretty cool, pretty friendly. Good, good homies. But yeah. I also think that uh, the first episode, the first thing you said was, Hi, I'm Klika. So that's where that began.
3: Yep. She, I, I, early on, my memories are her not knowing what property is, eating a lot of blueberries, and (laughs) just really just being as helpful as possible in the least helpful ways.
0: That really makes future Klika very proud. I got to give you that. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then I mean Jarzak, you were mentioned in there as being a friend of Klikas, but uh, I think you had some important things that happened to this first quest as well. I almost feel like you had the most important strange things occur. You know what I mean?
1: Isn't that just the story of Jarzak though? He always has the most strangely
0: important
2: bizarre things Got, happen. Gotta to him. be the center of attention, guys.
0: Yeah, this is actually <laughs> his quest. You guys are all the, the NPCs in it.
2: Yeah.
3: Jarzak is the bizarre anime protagonist of the Beckons of the Herald
2: of Steel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So Jarzak we found out about Veliketh and stuff. and That he can't swim. Very important. Very,
0: very important indeed.
2: <laughs> An extreme fear of water. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then Jarzak's weird paralyzing uh, simpishness towards uh, women in power for some reason.
2: Yeah, just the strong lady man does something to Jarzak. He just bends a knee immediately. (laughs) This is where it begins. Uh, And then on my quest to be a ghost hunter. (laughs)
0: Right, because of one time. When, wait, how did that begin? Wasn't there like a ghost in the room one time, or oh, was it the oh, it was sure. the invisible guy? Yeah, yeah. was was like, a "Ghost, I've never, I've never killed a ghost before." and <laughs> That was yeah, his was, new mission. <laughs> very well. Um, okay, I mean, I guess. And then, as far as like things that happened to the entire party, important things is we learned to fear stairs. Uh, nobody ever trusted a stair because one trap landed on one person's mm. head one time. And then you know, from then on, we were afraid of stairs. Mm-hmm. Never and go in head, that ten foot that caution
1: will pay off. Dan will think yeah. that we forgot, but we didn't. We checked the stairs yeah. down the yeah. and found the trap. Yeah,
0: the we herald of steel. It. The herald of steel will be defeated by a ten foot pole. Ten foot pole poking the stairs he's standing on. <laughs>
1: ten foot That's pole the game I want to play. Useful
0: item in Dungeons and Dragons. D one e. Um. So for the next quest in The Queen, uh, we have The Way of the Queen, which uh, runs episodes 9 to 22. I wrote, the party helped the Queen on the warfront by using a powerful weapon, which is the Hydra, to face an unknown force of evil. The force of evil they were fighting were the orcs of Gorgareth, but the unknown force of evil, I mean, they only found out about it at the impromptu mass tomb. And we didn't really use
3: a weapon to fight it. We did not fight it at all. We sort of just survived it.
0: You know, honestly, that's a very misleading little blurb. Yeah, (laughs) like if that's
3: if that's how you're going at this, that's not how it went. This is revisionist history.
0: Clica approves of
3: these history
0: books. (laughs) Um, Okay, so who wants to go first? What happened to your character in quest number two, The Way of a Queen?
3: Why don't we just keep an order and we'll do. Bert. Anton Norhill or Nor nope, yeah, I got it right. Anton Norhill, Klika Jarzak. Woofy doofy. Oh thank goodness.
4: Uh, I don't know if this was a very changing time for Antonia. I think that's more of like the next the
5: next mean.
4: um I, I mean he didn't experience, he learned he doesn't really like bugs, especially the big ones that can
5: eat him. Big uh, he's not a
4: fan of those. Uh Anton has a quick eye for puzzles. He could solve good puzzles. I bet you we did crossword puzzles back in the Cori Week and the when he did his charity work. Doing some puzzles with the kids.
0: Uh, you can't know That's revisionist just, history. Um, that was never a thing. You can't just go back and be like, you were the puzzle person at the fucking... No. No. The puzzle Okay. Person. Anton's he a dirty thief. He saw gemstones in, in the eyeballs of the statue and that's what it is. That's always okay. a puzzle. That's what history.
1: But
4: I, I
0: think so the puzzle is how do I steal the gemstones, obviously?
4: Oh, just... <laughs> no, i was still extremely, not that he would never once, but he was still extremely generous. But I think this was just a bit more of experiencing how inexperienced he was with combat, um, getting more exposed to it, being very loud in his armor. Trying to do the best he can, support the team, but I think it was just kind of rolling through and trying to survive. I think was uh, Anton's main focus mean, about this quest.
0: There was that point. Um, I know we always get in arguments about which one was Glinton, which one was Gabora, but we did find that when Anton was to meet other clergy of the same faith, I mean mm-hmm. Anton definitely felt more at home, it would seem, alongside them. And alongside helping other people. So Anton, I feel like has kind of really sowed his seed as being like a helper and as being a savior, a a, a person who provides aid and salvation to people who need it. So it feels like when he met uh brother Emily, a., that like there was a point where Anton felt most like at peace and at home with that whole situation. But I don't know. That's how it looked like to it me. A,
4: it was it's a very strong part of his community, so it's not surprising of him to assume it should be a very strong part of other's communities and when he goes to a community and learns their church is basically in unused and the priests are hidden it it worries him it means there's a lack of faith a lack of hope uh yeah that's something he wants to try to revive if he can uh he was still trying to figure that out Um, still very new to him
0: Next up the bad is Norhill, which I mean, I guess this is when Norhill finds a dirty, greasy little dwarf note on a dead lady and finds out that not only are the dwarves of the hall still alive, but you know. Apparently yeah, so this, was, uh,
1: the, this was the part where Norhill learned that the dwarves were not just in trouble, but actively in mortal danger and required saving. Uh which was yeah, real tough Parker's character for a long time. Because he's like, now I've all I've you know embroiled in all these different quests out here outside of home. When all I want to do is, I want to go back and save my people, save my family. Because you know Norhill's also <laughs> the, the the only character in the campaign with an intact family for the most part.
0: Uh, um, you don't know that we're not we're, Jarzak might have a brother not, who's made of a lot of metal not. parts. Okay. <laughs> and wait, yeah. yeah, Jarzak did have a brother. Yeah. <laughs> past, past 10 rather. Um, but then ronnie killed him yeah, the second so, time so it evens out
1: but then norhill sort of i guess started to use that urgency and his need to save his people to start leveraging these quests and these favors for people into alliances uh that he could use to help save his people later defend the entire land
0: Which, yeah, this is where you made the agreement with the queen that if you helped her prepare for this battle on her front that you would be helped in saving the dwarves and going back to the halls of silver and steel. Um, Yeah. But um, beyond that, apparently this is also where we found out that uh, he's a tactician, a wrestler, and he's all business. So, yeah, like you said, this is the sense of urgency and apparently sweaty wrestling. But...
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, How, else the dwarf How else do you relieve that sense? How else do you relieve that sense of tension if not by sweaty wrestling?
0: Isn't this when we had the hot pickle too? I miss hot pickle Tuesdays.
3: When did we have the downtime that led to hot pickle Tuesday?
0: That is, yeah, see, we had downtime. See, that's where hot pickle Tuesday came from.
3: <laughs> God help us. Yeah, Klikka well, learned some battle about. formations and a quick shout out.
0: Um, Speaking of what Klikka learned, what did Klikka learn here in the way of the queen?
3: Uh, well, besides what I've written down, also just Klikka, this was the first time of meeting the queen of Amaroth and finding out about her backstory about with her brother and her father's and I guess Kallika sort of deeply related to her at that point, which I I hope I expressed appropriately through the campaign that, like, Kallika sort of always felt like an outsider looking in in the sense that, like, she didn't quite belong to any of the goblins or any of their heritage, but she certainly was one, and she saw the queen as someone who didn't quite... Want the power she was giving, given, but now had it and believed her story that I think she told during this quest, but it could have been the next next one or the one after, where when confronted with it, she says that like she wasn't quite ready for everything that happened, but she's making the best of it. So there's that, but also finding the dead tome guard. And realizing that those are the people who rescued Klica, um, Just. This was very much the first time Klikka pulled out her classic shadow blade. When fighting some lizards. She got a kill with a booming blade. Which you know people might say never happened. It does. Uh, And yeah. I, I just sort of Klikka. More becoming into her neurotic cleaning state. Right.
0: This is also when we really started using the term "carbach" more, right? Carbach. Yes.
3: Carbach. yeah
0: Yep. Yeah. Which is the Goblin term for family? Which we or at least belonging wasn't there ambiguity to what it means? Ambig like it was like belonging, family, something like that.
3: Yeah, it's like a. It's a idea of family beyond just like blood bonds and like who you consider your family in a community that like that sense of belonging is what Karbach represents on like a bigger level.
0: And I think that the fact that you've gotten much closer with Norhill, Jarzak, and Anton at this point that it's like this concept of belonging started to make more sense with these three Rather than like you know in the beginning with fighting the zombie goats and stuff, like it started feeling much more solidified that like this was the party, this was the traveling group, this might be family. But okay, Um, what about Jarzak? What did we find out about here? Oh, th- this is when we begin the mastery of Jarzak, where we find that he uh has a few exceptional skills and and whatnot. But yeah, how did, how did he fare in this quest?
2: Uh So yeah, Klika picked. You found out about her cleaning. You find out about how messy Jarzak is, which, you know, this <laughs> fire and water, it's good. They go together real well. And then uh, he found his next queen to serve, picked up fishing for the first time. True, oh, this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this so I guess we kind of found was where I, we again, became a chess master.
0: Clearly, yeah, being the,
2: the best at chess that no one else could defeat. Yeah, it was just it's great.
0: This is why I think it's so funny how many times Jar the Master of Like, can I try this thing and then you do it and then you're very good at it, or you're very bad at it, but mm-hmm. persist and like obsess with doing it more, like the fucking fishing, like you're yeah, not still... good at fishing. <laughs> Like you and Kliga stayed out in the cold all (laughs) night trying to fish, and like nearly froze to death out there. But you're like, no, 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 (laughs) Kliga, I'm warming up. But yeah, so Jarzak definitely uh, found some interesting uh, positions where he's definitely the best at what he does. I wrote in here that you're a charisma master. At one point, Uh, I'm trying to think about what that means. I think this was persuading. no, you use
3: charisma to win a chess match. Is that what that was? <laughs> a, in a bizarre turn, yes.
0: He just outplayed him in his brain. Yeah. And this is uh this is where we learned that we don't I, like hill giants. I just made the sexiest band.
2: of chess plays, and
0: you know it is what it is. <laughs> he showed off some some strange cleavage, and the wizard got confused and made a misstep. I messed up so bad that even Jarzak knew a way around it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's, that's about it. Um, okay. Which brings us to adventure two, which was the master. The quest one was schemes and shadows. And this is a, uh, the party encounter, mysterious and murderous cultists, the ninjas and under the queen's pressure, they seek information about these cultists. Uh, this runs from episode 23 to 30. I think this is the shortest episode stretch we've got. Oh no yeah yeah this and the next one are pretty short um but yeah so uh I don't know what happened to Anton this was after the impromptu mass tomb where we saw everybody got eaten by the planet so yeah hot off the hot off the coattails of that Anton uh found out he's very important
4: yeah and I think Anton started feeling the weight of this importance he was Always used to, and he was—he's Anton's—not like a young guy. Like, he's an older guy. Like he's um, a little bit around like middle age, a little bit of up there. So he never expected to get that far in life in general, and to be given such a holy relic, and be made a symbol of hope in that way. That gave him a bit of pressure, especially when it didn't work out right away. It questioned his level of faith. Uh, he did have some issues with that because it, it, it's nerve-wracking. Uh, all of a sudden, be giving this amount of power and responsibility, and if you can't live up to it right away, it's it can definitely defeat your mood, but he clearly got through that. Um, he did also learn that he is definitely a little bit obsessed with the light, and not just in a godly sense, but in a literal sense. Uh, it starts to come out in his mood that if light is not present especially if there's much darkness uh he does get frightened depressed very gloomy his his age starts to show
1: (laughs) i love the light like more than a friend
4: yeah (laughs) and then lastly i think he started to find his devotion to bread making which (laughs) was an odd hobby but it starts to really show his odd like if anyone has like a symbol of who they are on like a shield like Anton this is a loaf of bread
0: <laughs> you know I, I, I mean, also think this is where it became and canon and light. <laughs> I think this is where it became canon that Anton smells like raw bread dough Yeah, yeah because I'm, I'm pretty sure that we yeah, opened up Cle-
3: with Klika smelling like pennies. That was built-in day one. <laughs> sort yeah, it's sort of <laughs> zero. We learned the sense of the other party members as time went on. Jarzak smells like desperation <laughs>
2: <laughs> and onions.
3: <laughs> and whatever it, it just smells put, been... a, put a pickle. On just straight up on an open burner, and that's Norhill, baby.
1: Nah, I remember like sweaty say. rust. It still smells like campfires. That's you can yeah. Go back, check the lore; it's in there.
0: Yeah, this is the real thing. See, this is why I had to have this recap so we could know exactly what we all smelled like according to which leg of the campaign.
4: Don't be surprised but, if a line um, of candles comes out after this episode.
0: Yeah, answering podcast. the hard questions it's it's for great. the fans. It's just a wad of dough with a candle in it. <laughs> yeah. Just a single birthday candle. Just dough by Anton. But it's spelled like D-E-A-U-X. <laughs> Perfect. It's just um, Duff. Okay.
3: D-U-F-F. Duff by Anton.
0: Um, this is where we... Uh, okay, now we turn to, uh, to a Norhill. Um, I have graffiti and problematic pragmatic. Did you want to talk about that time uh, where Norhill established that uh, poor kids? What, what was it about poor okay. kids? Oh, oh no, so, no no no! Hold on, I, we I, almost I want, all got canceled. I want everyone Fuck to understand did. that I was
1: absolutely trying my best to think about the situation as it was explained to Norhill from a dwarf's point of view. From a you know a dwarf's point of view. Right. So when you've got Klika telling Norhill that these people are professionally poor and he's from a society that's all about, like, you know, the, like, the mastery of a craft. And I, I don't know, may, maybe it's different in like some other fiction, but in most fiction that I've read featuring dwarves, you don't really get dwarves who are like actively destitute. Right. Like if a dwarf is poor, their entire hold is poor. Right, So this was a very unfortunate decision on Norhill's part that it was like poverty as a profession, and it was a profession that they picked.
3: And knowing love, what we know the, now, the knowing what we know return. now about what happens to Dustwind, would those orphans have been any better off if Anton didn't give them all of his rations?
1: So I would earlier. so having no. explained it, I would like this entire speech stricken from the record. So <laughs> not to be. This is Dan will probably just <laughs> no, but... the whole speech, this whole explanation, and we can move on directly into the better scene.
0: you can talk What's about the, the graffiti? better scene?
1: Yeah, the graffiti. Yeah. Uh, so Nor. So at this point, we sort of retroactively said that Norhill had been leaving his clan sigil like carved into rocks all over the place as a sort of signal that there are there's at least one dwarf uh still out and about uh, in the lands trying to do something
0: right and it gave it gave norhill quite a sense of hope so he himself began to scroll the graffiti and the runes all over the place just as sort of a you know, a thumb in the eye of whoever is holding his people captive, that there's still one dwarf drawn breath, even if he's not in the hold, but he's coming. Daddy's coming. But uh, apart from that, the uh, next character we've got is Klikka for this quest here in Adventure 2, uh, with a lot of question marks in your in your description of what happened. So I guess this was a bit of self-discovery in this one.
3: Yeah, I mean, Klika had some big times in Dustwind. Uh, Mm It's just sort of like, hey, you know, maybe the Tome Guard aren't wicked cool with Clika or everybody, but Clika's still gonna, you know, see the best in people. And then also just trying to figure out about dragon statues leads to quite a bit of confusion and maybe some magical casting don't go to libraries after dark kids is all i'm gonna say you no, know i've seen, yeah. I've seen, the, I've seen the you pages, might meet your dad kid. and that's not great sometimes who knows Klika doesn't
4: am i try to,
5: get the, to have you no,
0: hey he told her a good story she fell asleep okay he was just trying to make up for all that lost time but, um, yeah, this was a lot of a lot of questions for Klika about where she comes from and who she might be and what she's hold held, uh, you know, as truth and what she may have taken for granted. But
3: also, if you um, ever walk into a major city and your cell phone immediately vibrates, throw that cell phone as far away from you as you can. Don't trust anybody, anybody, oh, even the on. people you showed what? up with.
0: Come on, man. What happened to Flickr? OK, Listen, okay, Valaketh did not keep tabs on major cities you were traveling to and did not send agents and spies, especially ones that the party never saw, which like, hey, you know, behind the scenes shit, there were a few people following you for a long time. Woo! But hey, you know, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets. Like Um, Bigfoot. Yeah, it turns out the cryptids are just in league with Valaketh. Makes sense uh, why only Jarzak saw them. Their, yeah, they're poker well, they can... buddies there. Hey, don't talk about the uh, the conspiracy theories about my campaign, okay? We'll save
1: that for a, like an epilogue episode.
0: Listen, Jarzak's the next cryptid in training. He's got the metal gauntlet and he's pale as fuck, okay? They're going to call him the pale man, okay? And he's just going to show up and be like, Hey, hey. <laughs> that's going to be it. Then you're dead, okay? Sounds like a bug. Kills people. I'm telling you, Jarzak's creepy as shit. We're just not addressing it. Speaking of creepy as shit, Jarzak, what happened to you in this quest, anyway?
2: Well, you know, last quest I had to counter Kleka. This time I have to counter Anton with the light, with my darkness. You know, always, always got to, you know, be the opposite of one of the other players. Uh, apparently, I was a master haggler with those with yeah, the there's book dealer weird... charmed. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned that you're a misunderstood orc when you met Dashmani. who was another orc from Gorgareth, and where everybody thought he was creepy and weird. Definitely not because he was blind.
5: Yeah.
4: What? Did we think he was your dad at one point? <laughs>
0: Yeah, good thing we met one orc, and we're like, "Gorzek, is that your dad?" Hey, that's how
3: you described him, bud. Papa. That's on you.
0: <laughs> no. Uh huh. Okay, maybe it was his dad. You Play don't know that. Play the tape. Play the tape. <laughs> I'm pulling a Norhill. Uh, scratch it from the record. Okay, none of that happened. Move on to True. the more interesting point about him being the keeper of the klika.
2: Oh Yeah, it's when Jarzak starts trying to look out for Klikka, someone other than himself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he just gets kicked out of a library and then has to break
0: into a library. All for his little buddy. But that, yeah, that really does I I think that's one of those moments that really solidifies their friendship. Because Norhill and Anton were both like well, she's probably out doing something important. She'll be back. And Jarzak was like nah this isn't even metagaming I'm definitely worried about this in a personal way and then he left and went and found her you know so it's like it definitely shows that even though Klika always tried to clean up after Jarzak this was definitely the point at which you know Jarzak really looked out for Klika as well in a very firm way but yeah And, and Um,
3: and we met a very oh the future court magician of the orcish clans
0: Oh, yeah, Do you remember true, true. I have I to go I have to go find him. <laughs> say, I'm sure he survived the city coming down on top of him.
3: <laughs> I mean, he has mm-hmm. the most powerful spells.
0: <laughs> Too bad he doesn't have a memorable name, but um, you yeah, what was his fucking name? All right, either way, um, quest number two, so quest two in this adventure is called Lightning in a Bottle. So the party uncover brutal truths behind the War of the Bleeding Stones and find more curious details of the Herald after descending within Boltscrag Peak. So this is the quest where we had to go meet with that monk who lived to the Ivy Hold. We had to go figure out uh, things about the, uh, the cult, the Eyes of Failure, the weird spider darkness guy there. Um, and we found out that our friends, the monks, could be rehabilitated. But apparently the leader of the monks and the ninja guys there was... Um, the leader of the ivy holds sister and he wanted her saved, said there was some secret to be found there. So what did our what did our party uh, end up finding out here? What about what did Anton? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I mean we wrote the first note as Darla the Horse. I don't think Darla yeah, was the name. It was, we should
4: know it, 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 like, it was definitely something of that sort. No, this is when when we were traveling to Old Crag Peak peak I'm pretty sure and he was very nervous because when they, let, when they got to the point where they had to start climbing the mountain they had to abandon the horses he was very hor- worried for his horse's life
3: because at, uh, at one point prior me as, as an asshole was like oh yeah Anton would you name the horse if you like it so much and you came up with a name
0: and that was the downfall of us all yeah like Debbie or something it hasn't <laughs> like, stopped
1: us from abandoning every mount we've procured in the wilderness at one point I'm or another. They all,
0: they all just go back to nature. It's not like the horses are like, beep, boop, don't know how to be a horse anymore. Yeah, how shall like, do I need a it. saddle to survive. I don't,
4: know. I don't know how these poor animals are doing this makes i very nervous. Um, but on the quest itself, he definitely showed his true colors, that he hates the cold. He does not like any of this environment, but he's going to do it to help his Arthritis. friends. He's <laughs> is not a fan of it. Um, and then once we got into the mountain, he once to get improved. He is not very useful in battle. And this <laughs> won't be the first time
0: Put it that the way.
4: way in a boss battle. And it becomes completely useless. Uh, so...
1: Well, boom. no... Not- not completely useless. It's you happen to go down in every boss battle for a while. Yeah. It became a trend. I mean it,
4: I, I'm like the I'm like the the guinea pig. You throw me in there first to see how powerful. <laughs>
1: without without Anton's healing, I'm sure we would have died several times over.
4: Yeah. Uh but in terms of I'm what on what team guinea t- pig. <laughs> learned. I was really thinking back,
5: just
0: looking through. Mm. I mean, this was the shortest adventure we've got from episode 31 to 36. So it's, I mean, it's shortest quest, rather. Uh, actually, second shortest. Um, but, yeah. I, think he we, learned, you know, I don't
4: think he personally learned too much. I think it was more just getting deep into the darkness and not liking it and wanting to get out of that mountain as soon as possible. <laughs> that was his
5: plan.
0: I think... Yeah, I think I think Norhill had even less that really changed for him in the in the Dungeon of Bolts Craig. So, I mean, what? This is where you found your signature painted weapon. His signature weapon, the,
1: the, uh, g- the Gnomish gnomeish hook hammer or G hammer, as it says on my character sheet. Because the PDF does not support more characters than that. It's
0: a it's a good hammer. Yeah, but, I, um, I don't know.
1: I, I actually appreciate that you made it a Gnomish hook hammer. It was you know appropriate. For the setting uh of the the dungeon, you know, and a lot of weapons like that really like got left by the wayside in fifth edition and didn't get you know picked back up and put in the player's handbook. So it's nice yeah. having a weapon like that back, even yeah, without all the mention- little quirks that they used to have.
0: Right. And not to mention that with Norhill's future to become, you know, Lord of the Halls, it's like having past allies with the gnomes and the halflings, carrying one of their weapons as if it was from his own culture, just kind of shows that Norhill's all about like again, pragmatism one, and heritage two. So it's like, you know, wielding that as if his own people had made it and using it it with, you know, pride. Like, I don't know. Like it kind of speaks to Norhill as a character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that
1: makes sense. I definitely thought of that.
0: We'll go with that. Um, But next we have Klika, which this kind of shows our unhealthy relationship between Klika and Jarzak. If you guys want to go into that,
5: I mean, uh,
3: so this is the first time I believe Klika like openly just starts lying for Jarzak because she follows Jarzak into the uh, observation room with uh, Thubani's real corpse and not the fake Dubani that Jared was master- masterfully playing as Jarzak the whole time. And just sort of s- says that she didn't see anything uh, because it's pretty obvious Jarzak doesn't Want anyone to know what happened? So, yeah, I mean, like, it in the moment, it was just sort of like, hey, Klika would definitely follow Jarzak because she likes Jarzak as a person, and then be like, oh, Jarzak clearly doesn't want other people to know what's happening, so Klika will just pretend it didn't secret of among
2: best friends
0: <laughs> yeah just giant centipede crawling out of a corpse and being like jars i kill them all and click <laughs> like that that's information that i shouldn't have heard yeah. and i will respect his boundaries as a good friend of mine yep up. Yep, yep. <laughs> but yeah uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything else really I mean, yeah, there was also the portal. That's kind of fucking important. The same portal that's down in the heart of Boltscrag's Peak, where Klica apparently like puts her hand to it, and the static on the TV kicks in. And then when she pulls it away, it kind of turns down a little bit. So, Evidently, Klica having this weird connection to all people she meets at different points. Apparently, portals have a very similar taste in Klica as a person, where I don't know, weird, strange portals? Apparently, they react I mean, to Klica.
3: And this was very much
0: the first time
3: Klica Fully just bought into the idea that people can be saved. And with uh, Obra's sister, desperately prayed to her and that uh, she would save Anton, who got dragged into another dimension by a <laughs> spider demigod to get eaten to death. Uh, and she... Pretty much sacrifice herself to save Anton's life. Because Klika like made her play.
0: See? Anton dying wasn't a bad thing. Getting dropped push storyline for it. Anton's doing the work after hours. Okay. That's what's really happening. Okay. I'm I'm trying my best. It, I don't know. It, it'll bring him um,
4: closer to the Illuminator, I guess. That, that, yeah, that's- right.
0: The illuminator keeps shoving you back. I <laughs> just feel <be> like no. <laughs> You're like, um. Okay. What about Jarzak? Uh,
2: as Cleco mentioned, this, this is the gnome I quest. Be- became the master of the voices, gnome voice in particular. Yeah.
0: Um I don't know why that... it's always gnomes. That's the part that weirds me out. Why is it gnomes <laughs> with you?
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: And then uh,
2: this is as Kleka decided to follow Jarzak, you know, because he's a good friend or something. This is where Jarzak makes it clear to the Deceiver that he will just kill Kleka if he has to or when he has to.
0: Yeah, we really haven't touched much on the Valakath relationship because this is when the Valakath relationship, as your Warlock patron, really kind of kicked into high gear as being like, ooh. This is problematic because all of a sudden now is like, listen, you little worm. You work for me, bitch. Who gave you these powers, bitch? And you're like, why are you calling me bitch so much? And then it came, you know, to blows where it's like, hey, if Klika gets in the way, Klika gets rubbed out, man. That's just the way it goes. And you're like, yes.
2: That is it. the way it goes. <laughs> Agreed.
0: This is also. The point at which we found out that that giant metallic bar we found with that hill giant, which is definitely an important quest item, yet nobody ever holds on to it, which is fine. That's fine. Well, yeah, but when it just came back,
2: snaps to the portal. The yeah, it, that we can't do anything about. And it's ma- magnets, man. How do they work? It's magic.
0: Jarzak for juggalo. Um, <laughs> Jarzakalo. Um, but uh, let's see. And then now we move on to the what the elders yeah the next adventure and the first quest is the value of life runs episodes 37 to 42 uh the party scurried to aesiris to save the life of someone who may know the secret to the portal beneath bolts crag peak so yeah basically we go to hang out with the elves figure out what the fuck the elves know uh this is where we also dropped off uh, obroth's sister antonia um the queen said that she wanted her because she might have answers. She might know things, which now looking back on it is a lot more ominous when you think about it, but, you know, hey, that was just adventure number three, man. We didn't know any better. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, what happened with Anton in this?
4: I think Anton, once he left the mountain, he was pleasantly surprised. by a Giant, magical, Kieran protecting it, uh, I think that was huge for him to just wonder that there really is, this is I think really the first time he ever witnessed some form of physical presence of its god, so that was pretty, pretty, a pretty big moment, uh, just figuring out like, hey, this was a terrible and dark place, but there is hope to clear it and change it. And not just in a physical, like it went from dark to light, but also the whole, there was a lot of dark history around it, especially with the War of the Bleeding Stones and that there is hope to change and hopefully reform that troubled past, but beyond the mountain itself. I think Anton was kind of just riding that high uh, once it got to really greeting with the lycanthropes
0: uh I was gonna say I don't think there was really too much going on for you with that part.
4: No, no, once again, the I standard think standard stuff. I think the standard stuff. Isn't this when I got like the potion that will be mentioned to our next quest? Or I can't remember when we got
3: that potion.
0: Uh, oh oh no. you're talking about the the elven potions there? Yeah, weird giant with a magnet.
3: Yeah, we, we got that way, way back with the very okay. important quest item.
1: Yeah, we well, well, never used it. Uh, those things, things were a recurring plot point for a really long time, actually.
4: Kept asking
0: so you when you how use much it. It paid does off. come
4: but
1: that's it did time. eventually, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, Norhill very similarly. I don't even think we had notes for this part. For yeah, Norhill. No, mean, yeah, Norhill, Norhill doesn't kinda...
1: even have notes in this part. For a goodly while uh, through the quest, is Norhill supporting other characters in their stories? <laughs>
0: Which kind of speaks to Norhill as a character, that he really is a supportive person. He's very patient, as one might expect a dwarf to be. And again, like you said before about how Norhill was here to promote alliances and like do whatever it took to accomplish his true goal of salvation for his family and his people. This was all a means to an end. So he didn't make much noise. He didn't do much other than like the queen demands it. I do it. She owes me help. And so I kind of feels like that's why he was quiet throughout all this. This wasn't personal discovery. This was, you know, (laughs) he had a job to fucking do. You know,
1: yeah, exactly. But,
0: um, and then yeah, apparently this is where uh, Klika starts to take on a a couple more important details. Uh, This is where Klika bought the clothes.
3: No, isn't it? No,
0: no, okay. Yeah,
3: I'm just uh, denying it. How's that? Okay.
0: How's that for your okay. recap, bud? How was that for revisionist history? <laughs>
1: Didn't happen. Don't remember.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah.
3: like, During this whole quest line, like, Klika finds out that uh, the party might be knighted. This is especially important to Klika, just in the sense that, like, this is someone for the first time really. Like, openly saying, hey, this specific person and the people she is with are important. So, Kliga takes this time to go out and buy clothes for this proposed knighting ceremony that will match what is expected of them. Uh, but, also, during this quest... Uh, You know, Jarzak sort of has a moment with some other orcs where they don't quite like how clean he is, which is odd for Klica. But then Jarzak handles that in a way that Klica wasn't quite expecting. But, hey, it's Jarzak. And, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. She already Uh, lied for him once. Cover for me, bro. Yep. (laughs) Uh, While well, Jarzak is recovering from his insect-induced first. stupor, as click will refer to it, uh, she goes around and stabs a bunch of dead orcs. Uh, it's also the first time she is referred to as the Child of Destiny, which is, yeah. hey, well, that's a time. And,
1: that's, a, that's a term that people are calling me.
3: Yeah, and we'll continue to call her going forward in Klika's bizarre life. Uh, and she sort of has to deal with that. But she also gets a really nice cloak from a pretty cool
0: ranger who's definitely okay. And yeah, Jezorn? Yeah, no, Jezorn's fine.
3: Yeah, and everything's great. Lika has lasting emotional bonds with people she doesn't always have direct eye, eye line sight with and she totally doesn't believe that if she isn't watching someone they could die at any moment.
0: Not. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, Jarzak would you like to make any um sort of commentary on your insect induced issues? Outburst as it were?
2: Uh, not just you know my homie just protecting me you know sometimes you smell too good and people get jelly yeah (laughs) their food smelled Um, good too I mean but they just didn't want to share sharing is caring kids it can be fun
0: so when we blow up an insect fly out of us and kill people in the area (laughs) it's because the food's just smelled so good and they were jealous of how clean you were Right, this is a perfectly normal thing. I'm pretty sure that's how wild magic works, right? Yeah, so make but, sure you um, have
3: your best bud for life around to stab the corpses and say that you both did it.
0: Very believable <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, this is, uh, and then naturally after that, that's when Jarzak took on his very crisp appearance of being an old man with wrinkles and grossness. Um, but this is, I mean, would you, I don't know. This is where Valaketh and your relationship takes on a very, very strange turn. Is when you become uh, slightly lycanthropic, right? Yep, at the near the end, I believe. Yeah, that wonderful combat where Jarzak almost killed a friendly in order to kill an enemy or something, which I yep. also was a Valaketh move. I, I will give you that. That was not Jarzak speaking. That was Valaketh, right? Um, but yeah, this this kind of highlights the relationship where Valaketh will. Not tolerate you having anybody else in your life to tell you what to do, which you know, little, a little, little toxic,
1: creepy. little toxic. Wildcat <laughs> had a bad
0: childhood.
2: Wait, I'm don't, not allowed to have friends way. anymore. Oh,
4: Jeff yeah. was a child.
0: <laughs> that would make this all that much creepier. Imagine <laughs> if I described him as being like child in in shape for most instances when you met him.
4: He was described as very tall, so he was always a very tall child. <laughs>
5: so, like, he's
4: I just mean, wearing if
1: like that, it would make me think of the ending of Mass Effect Three, and hit even more so.
0: I would just imagine he's just a very giant, tall guy, but wearing like the little kid overalls that they always wear, <laughs> the, like little kid jumpers. And <laughs> he's just like, "I want to play." Dear God, you know that's how that works um okay and then we move on to the second quest in this series where we have the uh uh the last rites um yeah uh this runs from 43 to 48 uh the quest as written says to win the knowledge and respect of the elves of the thalvir wood they must put to rest a council member who has been cursed by the immortals they wish to know more of So, you know, in order to uh, get to know about these uh, immortals, we had to go get to know some elves. elves were like, hey, we'll tell you a lot of stuff if you go kill this rogue member of our group. We can't, by our culture's sake, fight this guy and kill him. So if you'd be cool and help out with that one. So this one, I mean, you know, we learned a lot. But what did we learn about Anton?
5: This is
4: what Anton started to dabble with his gifts of fire given by the Illuminator frightened him a little bit first even though his gifts of fires really didn't help him too much in the battle and he ended up going down in a second boss battle right away great times um, this is also
0: yeah i mean also, before that we this is this is where you saw um Obroth's sister antonia revived and remember that we had to spend all that time for the high priest thrale to um revive her so you actually witnessed like a living miracle where the high priest like performed a, a full revival and you it was more like a living this.
4: nightmare because the high priest nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> so, more of a about just stress. about <laughs> more, more, more stress than anything. Um, I mean, well, in yeah, that, sense, that Yeah, that was scary for him because it started to give like, oh man, this, this guy who raised him, who was the leader of his church, his childhood, um, Bringing him up in the face, seeing that he may no longer be a part of this world for long, definitely scared him a bit. Especially since he had to leave again. I think that I think that was a big turning point for Anton. He didn't know if he should stay or go, or stay and support his church and support his people. Give True. high priest some time to rest or recuperate or continue on his mission, which he did end up continuing. So I think that was tough for him and I think it really gave him a sense of more of who Anton is, is his home, is Glorywake and that's definitely going to come up further in the whole adventure but I think that's really where it started to occur to him like it wasn't just about learning to leave home to learn about yourself but learn about like what are what are you leaving behind and are you really leaving it behind and, is it worth leaving behind? So for him, his home became a real secure place. What, if a future becomes possibly threatened, it, it, it has to be but in, in, in the rest of this quest, the only funny thing that happened was he finally found a use of that, that, that potion. Yeah,
0: very well put. I, I think we should yeah, I think we should address the elephant in the room, and that is the Elven incident, where uh I don't know. Does somebody want to explain what happened with that and how we all reacted to it? Because I feel like yeah, some of us reacted bit, a little bit more. Yeah, the potion of the friend,
1: uh, the potion of friend of elves, or whatever it was, right? Yeah. So you know, I would have thought that it just you know it may maybe give you advantage on speech checks to talk to elves, give you the ability. To speak Elvish. No, it actively transforms your entire body into an elf.
3: There's, and... there's a very specific point in these episodes where I get, hey, some might describe it as unreasonably upset about bringing up these potions as they have been brought up before. And I say, if you bring it up again, we're all going to drink it. Or something along those lines. And then we did. (laughs) And hey, guess what? It turns out it doesn't give you advantage on charisma checks, doesn't let you speak Elvish. It turns you into a fucking elf, which for half our party doubles their height, and for the other half halves it almost. And hey. I was going
2: to say,
1: it's actually a little bit horrifying. Because I remember you specifically bringing up how Klika is like basically unable to adjust to having longer legs.
3: Yeah, she has no idea how to walk. <laughs> She's never done this with things this long before. No.
1: So yeah, um, everybody, when your GM gives you a potion you don't know what it does, it's probably better to just leave it alone rather than wonder about it for fifty episodes and then drink
2: it because it's <laughs> not worth it.
4: Totally
0: worth it. it wasn't
2: 50. It
4: was 30. Literally no one <laughs> recognized who we were. We went into that boss battle and he was
0: like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I mean, you know, at least we are elves for it. I mean, there was really no better time to use it than then. So at least you guys got that part right. Um, but yeah. Because it was uh, still
3: in effect when we returned to the elven city.
0: Keep that in mind. We were very tempted by it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so this, yeah, Anthony. Uh, sorry, Norhill was very heated during this the uh, this whole this whole quest here with the elves. There was a lot of uh, a lot of stupid elves, and then you became one. So I guess that really was the fucking the cherry on top.
1: Yeah, and then when the time came to leverage the fact that he drank a potion that turned him into an elf, you know, maybe you get a little bit of edge. Pretend to. Bow to the king of the wild, whatever. world's just like,
0: no, this is not who I am. <laughs> he's like, I am a dwarf. You're just standing there, an elf, 100% an elf. But you're just like, fuck this shit. I have a beard. You can't take this from me. Your beard
3: did um, fall out.
0: I do remember it that. Sure did. <laughs>
3: your
1: bones yeah, so broken. You your beard He's already off. been. He's already been so horribly shamed. Uh, having his beard fall out, that he has to hold on to everything
3: else. Now, that's what really, spoiler alert, makes him the greatest dwarven king of all time, is that he, he he's experienced so many different just ways <laughs> that someone could live. He has been beardless as an adult. And that is something yeah, right? most male dwarves will never fully understand but Norhill knows and he still knows it's a bunch of bullshit.
0: Dark <laughs> Ages where he was an elf for a week. It was the hardest time of his life. His family was locked up in an imprisonment that he didn't know about and they were all this, forced to death, but and the, that week when he was an elf, it's right there at number one is the most difficult trial yeah. of his life. The sun was always uh, it, it up will not and be he, he had in no beard. The halls. <laughs> We'll have a, a week of mourning to remember the phase where the king didn't have a beard and he was tall. <laughs> it's like it's an annual times.
1: like anti holiday.
0: <laughs> um. Very good. Uh. What about Cleeker?
3: What about Cleeker?
0: What happened to Cleeker during this quest? It says that we were Queenie BFF.
3: Yeah, I mean, this. Might have been the time when Kligas started writing letters to the queen to let her sort of know what was going on.
0: This was the part with the elven queen and you being BFFs.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, so we had the old in the sky. Yeah, we had the old elven council meeting that no one particularly enjoyed. We don't really enjoy council meetings on a whole. As a party, but Shut up,
0: they're important.
3: After the council meeting, Klika was told to go to go up to the very top of the long tree or spire or whatever the fuck elves do, and Thank talk you, to Ryan. the yeah talk to the queen up there, and she had a whole sort of planetarium thing going on. And that was the first time Klico sort of learned about her star in being the child of destiny which she had sort of just learned about from another elf. So it could all be elvish propaganda at this point. The child of destiny
1: is an elven myth.
3: Yeah, we don't know. Could could just be elves (laughs) trolling goblins. We don't know. You do talk to monsters
1: and can teleport through starlight.
0: (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's a little bit less of a myth
3: than that and we I mean, don't know it could just be Elvis trolling
0: I mean for, for Norhill's little entry I do have Destiny Schmestiny written in so for whatever that's worth some of yeah. us may be uh, Destiny deniers
3: so Kliqa meets with the uh, Queen of the Elves and offers her a haircut and finds out quite a bit about how the stars have to relate to it everyone's fate on the mortal plane Uh, um but yeah and then she goes to talk to the party about it and thankfully norhill is there to let her know that these elves don't even know what time it is so that was a very
0: important part of that whole discussion
3: what do they know twilight what (laughs) do they know about destiny
0: Yeah, I'm very. I'm
1: still proud of that speech. I think that was a good one.
0: (laughs) Oh, Anthony, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yep,
3: and this is also where Clego fully fails to climb up a vine for two to three rounds until
0: Jarzembas fly. Yeah, out of all the power gaming that you and you and Jared are able to pull off, all I gotta do is roll like one athletics check at you guys, hey, man. and you you both of you are just, just like it, I was not built to do this. I'll I'll Fuck just stay gym. down here. See you guys <laughs> later. I will wait for it to come down to my level, but yeah, this is where Jarzak first uses flight, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing here where we realize that, you know, when it comes to simping for people in authority, it goes both ways. Because, yeah, again, where Norhill refused to kneel, I mean, Jarzak sl- did a nice power slide up to the king and sat before him. <laughs> tried to. try to, to
2: talk my way closer, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, you did behead that guy with your axe. Well,
2: yeah, that was plan all along he didn't need to know that though (laughs) do we
3: ever know if Jarzak is fully prepared to betray the party or if it's all part of his plan (laughs) to help the party we'll never find out because Dan's (laughs) a coward and won't let Jarzak role play as a traitor
0: I mean, hey, if you want to roleplay as a traitor, Jarzak, by all means, the war's coming up, and the I've next all, I've well, to hey, the Herald well, hey, we are
3: 140 <laughs> episodes in, or whatever it is.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, and this is where we get some important loot. Uh, this is where you first find the gauntlet, or at least the gauntlet fucking finds you, oh. and uh, Valaketh sort of puts a promise ring on you and says, "You're mine." you're my homie, let's make this official, and, yeah, Jarzak's arm melts off and all that good stuff, so, yeah. What changes did that gauntlet bring to Jarzak's life?
2: I mean, that changed a lot for him. Now he can eat whatever and it tastes delicious, you know? Unless, of course, it tasted good before, then it tastes like shit to him. Those gauntlets are fucking wild. He could talk to the insects that
0: are always around him. Yeah, your eyes look creepy and your skin is gross. So, you know, I mean, it's definitely a win-win. It empowers you for lying to people. So, you know, Jarzak gets pretty good at that. And then, um, yeah, that kind of becomes your sort of trademark gear, though. Or I guess, I don't know, Jarzak kind of has a lot of trademark items, doesn't he? I mean, between that and, like, the weapons that you carry, I mean, Jarzak's kind of set with having those items as kind of his, like, trademark deals there. But, yeah. Um, and then you got bones on underneath it, which is always fun. It's a little itchy. But, yeah. uh And Anton also got, um, what's it called? Uh, magical horn here, which in the notes we wrote that Anton was horny in this episode because he found a horn that only he could blow, but it seemed to be strictly as and Meg. So, mm-hmm. weird it's, question. It's there. just broken. <laughs> this is very true. The <laughs> yeah, Jarzak knows the real information. You don't need to cast identify here with Jarzak, he's got the real scoop. <laughs> Do you
4: no, imagine that if you guys
0: a- had cat? Oh, sorry.
5: Oh, you're kidding.
0: I was going to say, could you imagine if we cast fucking Identify on those potions of the elven friend? Nope. <laughs> like Just just like literally a year ago. <laughs> we would have just been like, ew, that's, why would we want that? That's
3: absolutely, because even if we did, would Norhal have been like, okay, I'll pretend to be an elf.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. You guys would have chucked them. Everybody would have chucked them. Yeah, we got we easy.
1: got a great scene out of it mm-hmm. by not casting identity.
0: I mean, clicker yeah. would have been
3: ecstatic to be the extra tallest. True,
0: didn't happen. Um, Are nah, we going to say something funny about
3: Anton? Settle for oh, being sorry. the tallest. No, I, I think it's for
5: taking the yeah.
0: next quest, so I want to uh, jump ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Okay, so, yeah, well, for adventure number four, we have the Lord's uh, very dwarf-centric questing, so I guess Norhill's gonna have quite a lot to say, but um, quest number one was Salvation, running episodes 49 to 59, where we have... Uh, after the encountering the invulnerable Immortal of Steel, they find the Queen leaving the party unwilling to fill her end of the bargain with saving the dwarves, leaving them to their uh, sorry, leaving them to their own devices. So, uh yeah. Anton.
5: Well. The- I think this is more
4: just settling in first, back at Wake that that may become a more permanent position for him than he thought, but I think he's trying to keep that in the back of his mind. Not really think about it. The priest is always the high priest is always there, will always be there. Everything will be okay. Uh, I think he got a bit more into his firepower. I think that's when he used his first fireball ever. And that was like a big moment just having that immense or like it was the second time i think he was the first time against i'm gonna
0: say it was, i, I feel like it was the more just...
4: epic time he didn't act, he didn't immediately like go down after firing that fireball kind of deal if it, it was a little bit more successful against the dwerger it really so he, he, it. He, it, it, and i think for this whole quest has really showed a bit more that edson was starting to hold his own in battles even though he wasn't Landing the heaviest of blows, he still was able to find ways to assist the group and turn the tides. The horn of Ascalon being huge, one convincing. Well, that's in the next quest, right? No, that's. Is it?
1: Yeah, no, it says a big
0: horny moment. Yeah, that's this. It's true. This is a big horny moment. Yeah, Yeah. so that you're right though. Yeah. So this is motivating the slaves
4: testing it out, he was able to encourage the rest of the dwarves trapped underneath in the mines to raise up and protect themselves against their Dwarger attackers. And I think this was, yeah, Anton was starting to finally hold his own when it came to combat. Uh, At the least, Mm. he was coming a little bit more of a well-rounded character in that sense.
0: True. It was no, indeed a big horny moment for
4: all. He's, he's developing a little bit more of a crust.
0: Are we using a bread analogy right now?
4: Oh hell yeah, we're using a bread analogy. I gotta figure out what type. What type he's coming? I don't know if he's a sourdough. Think about that.
0: Very good. I'm glad that we've established that we are sourdough bread. um Yeah, this is gonna be a lot of Norhill talk in this one. I'm thinking so. uh why don't you tell us what happened to Norhill in your little dwarf quest?
1: Yeah, just looking at the notes, this is like an entire character arc where he starts with rejecting uh, becoming uh, an Amarothian knight and uh, t- telling the queen exactly what he thinks of her, um, which is you know a whole you know first step on the path to leadership. Right, because you know, everything Norhill had done up to this point was not for treasure or riches or titles or anything. It was to protect his people, and the queen finally, like going back on her word and refusing to help. When this whole time she should, she she should, she would. It's slipping into the voice here by accident, um, uh, he's just decided. Well, I guess I'm just gonna have to do it myself. Even if it means I die, at least uh, I try. And uh, throughout the course of this quest, he goes from being like, suicide mission save the dwarves to becoming their king uh, in, in three easy steps.
0: Number one, dwarf dream. Number two, sewage pipe. Number three, fucking kill the bad guys. See, three easy steps. But um I will say there was a there was an important point between you and the queen where she said that she has other matters to attend to and saving the dwarves is not her top priority. And basically she said, Who are you? Like you're maybe the last living dwarf. And she's like, Why don't you come back here when you're king of the dwarves and we'll have a conversation? So Nor he went and did that. And then he left her completely. Re- 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 reluctantly, the it took pretty much
1: the entire party to get him to put on the symbols of leadership and take those reins, but just like everything else, it's just another burden of duty for Norhill to accept. But he was he able to, to save and his him. family and, his, and what was left of his people.
0: That's uh, true. This is also the episode where we find out that uh, this is the episodes where like Norhill becomes the family man, where he's literally a father and a son and a husband, and like he's just got a family underground, and we finally meet them and yeah i don't think that happens a lot in games but it definitely establishes norhill and i think that this is sort of when norhill definitely takes on the character of like being the father figure for people it's almost like because he didn't have his family sort of guaranteed to be alive it was weird for him to behave that way with people but it's almost like once he knew he was still a dad and still had all this stuff going on in his personal life that like you know offering other characters in the future advice and stuff it felt more like valid you know what i mean yeah, one always, of
1: the yeah. things that I've been going for with Norhill as king of the a uh, king of the dwarves is that didn't fundamentally change anything about him. All of his traits are still the same. It's just he has to live up to them better. Sure.
0: Yeah. Which is why you hang out with thieves and vagrants. Who? Uh, what? What exactly did Klika and uh, Jarzak do to that guy? Some things
1: uh, the people don't have to know.
0: Yeah, what, what guy in particular? Well, our, our friend who was apparently in charge of the dwarves at that time. Eh. Forget yeah. about
2: it. He sh- shouldn't have woken up. Yeah, that's... That's on him. It really is.
1: And, I We're... mean, to be fair, to be completely fair, if Norhill had been, like, had to deal with him, he would have executed the guy as a traitor anyway
0: well at least we are all in agreement but yeah Um, I mean speaking of Klica like this
3: was very much a point where before we had infiltrated the halls of the dwarves we were given a plethora of options so to say and Klica very much had one in mind that she didn't want to take And that's one, of course, we took. And going through it, hey, maybe she had a weird moment where she was flying through the air and throwing rations down and realized she could speak (laughs) any language given an hour of time. But besides that, I
5: mean...
0: <sighs> sometimes forget about the ant Conga.
3: Yeah, well, no, I mean, like before that. Sometimes your friend doesn't want to admit he's the king of the dwarves, and you have to sneak out in the middle of the night to steal the ancestral armor for him to use. And also, sometimes in the middle of the night. Uh, some poser finds you, and you got to knock him unconscious, and then present him to your good friend Norhill, and say, "Hey, no, 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 no." Well, this is when me and Jarzak were trying to sneak out to get the <laughs> armor and helmet for Norhill. Oh yeah, yeah, we got caught, <laughs> knocked that dude unconscious, tied him to a chair, brought Norhill in, and Norhill was. Less than happy about it, but he he grew into the he grew into the position. We all know he did.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, now what about your accomplice in this whole scenario? What a uh, what's the deal with Jarzak during this quest? We have a few BFFs in this whole situation for Jarzak. I feel like Jarzak had some important stuff before we even got to the dwarves.
2: Uh, yeah, I sure did. I mean, the, that's when I went and chatted with the high priest too. Uh, essentially the, you know, Valakith wasn't being the greatest and just telling Jarzak to do some fucked up things that he didn't want to necessarily do at this point. Uh, so he went to chat with the high priest, maybe uh, see what other religions were about. Um, <laughs> that led to, you know, nothing, but
0: he's a cool dude. Uh, like, that's kind of funny to think about having to ask the high priest. Like, so, do you have to kill people to worship the Illuminator? Like, how what? often do yeah. you murder people? there's here like
2: tell you to do like really bad
0: stuff to people you love? <laughs> no, I have a thing about bugs crawling out of my skin. Huh. Is that a thing here? Because <laughs> it's no, a hard you, pass for me. Oh, at this you point. you
2: sunbathe? What? What's that like? <laughs>
0: this gray half-bug man covered in scars with <laughs> <laughs> a bone arm. Very good. Um, yeah, so what else we got?
2: Uh, um.
0: Well, this is where we had the run-in with the Herald of Steel when you guys heard from the people in town that he was kind of crushing Blunt and Gaborah and marching oh, yeah, a group yeah. of strange metal people and the, the survivors of oh, Glint and Gaborah.
2: And he yeah, wanted right? Jarzak is... to join him, and he said okay, and then he didn't take him with him. And then he threw a barn at us. Number one. Yeah, this is the number one time Jarzak said he'd join him.
0: <laughs> right. But it definitely seemed like the Herald could uh, somehow relate to you and said something about your master. Yeah. And something like that. So, yeah. Again, Valcat sucks. It's kind of an important theme here for your character yeah, for a while.
2: Pretty sure he used to also
0: be the Herald of Steel's
2: master, so...
0: I mean, you know, debate. Yeah,
2: yeah.
5: Um, um... I... Don't...
0: this is where you found the swordsman blade, too. This is where, you know, after killing the leader of the duergar, you found the weird, spooky blade that kind of spoke to you and became sort of your, uh, sidebound weapon there. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, that old thing. The old diamond edge trinket there. Um. What? Yeah, and this is when that's... you became a cryptid hunter. So, you know, not that that matters. You just, you yeah, know.
5: That's just pretty much it.
0: Yeah, every, you know, every once in a while, everybody sees a floating illithid in a cave that nobody else sees except for you. But only for a second to the point you think maybe you didn't actually see it. You know, just a uh, rookie shit. Um, That brings us to the second half of this adventure. Uh, and that was Vengeance, where running from episode 60 to 67, the party finally rescue what is left of the dwarves and must find assistance from the small folk of Quarrydale to find peace during the impending war. Um, Yeah, this is... So this is sort of the point where Anton kind of takes on the uh, the saintly attitude from the dwarves, and how did how did Anton do that?
5: Well, he definitely helped them. He became more of like the
4: safeguarding their livelihood immediately, mainly with making sure that anyone who didn't have what they needed to sustain themselves, who to water he was big into creating a harvest from the earth and mud to satisfy the bellies of all the dwarves and hopefully didn't disregard too much of it but I think it was a big turning point for Anton in this one is figuring out what is he really fighting for and what does it mean to be in the lead like at the head of um carrying this being the light bearer, carrying the lantern and figuring out if there's anything that could threaten that that it maybe shouldn't be around and this ended up actually causing a potential potentially scary moment between himself and Jarzak because it it wasn't after a while that he started to understand that maybe there was something more to Jarzak's character than was seen in the past and he took it as a possible threat to their safety especially now that the, dwar- the dwarves have finally been rid of their first captures trying to make sure that they're not captured again by another dark force and unfortunately it was close to home so some terrible blows nearly happened but i think it did lead to some freedom for jarzak at the end of it, from. ballot calf, like but. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I think for.
0: Anton. Yeah, that blowout between Jarzak and Anton was pretty freaking hilarious. Because, yeah, I don't know. I, I if I remember correctly, there was quite a Anton. You don't want to be here for right now. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and started 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 don't itchy. don't do this. <laughs> and Anton's like, you have to explain yourself to me. Buddy boy. And then he starts glowing, like radiating with black energy. And it's like, Anton, I'm telling you, you need to go Anton like, Run no, I'm not moving until you explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, Anton Run. I think <laughs> was the exact I think that Might have yeah. been
1: one of our best. And that's how
0: we're gonna end it Moments. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't good. But um yeah, that was definitely a doozy. Um, mm-hmm. what about for Norhill? How would you summarize this bit here?
1: So I think this is when Norhill really started thinking about trying to strive for, like, what's it going to, like, the world after the war? You know, after, oh, man, I finally saved the dwarves, but now I'm responsible for them for the rest of my life. And, you know, my line will all be responsible for them for the rest of their lives. So I better start thinking about how I want it, like, how I want to leave them when all of this
0: is over, right? And that's where we had the uh, point where you had to do the uh, dwarfish ethical quest, where we had to decide how we were going to wreak vengeance um, upon a uh, what's it called, the uh, Durgar down in your ancestral home. And what was the uh, what was the final decision that we came to?
1: Noriel decided to go with the rust ball. That would immediately destroy any and all metal, down to the metal in your blood, apparently.
0: Um, yeah, which that, that's definitely I don't think, I, don't think I really
1: got to talk in the game about why I decided to go with that one. What do you mean? Yes. Well, so D- Norkel, at least, his line of reasoning is that A, it was a decisive weapon. Uh, the, the Druger aren't likely to come back anytime soon after that. And B, and, unless I'm totally off base and this was actually a horrible decision to make, most dwarven infrastructure is made out of stone and not metal. So,
0: do you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> All so, the nails yeah. give out.
1: Using that weapon (laughs) left as much stuff intact as possible. Like, yeah, it destroyed any open veins of iron that the dwarves might have been mining at the time. But, you know, there's always more iron that they can dig up, more mines that they can open. Having to rebuild, like, your society's entire infrastructure from the ground up because you went with something more destructive is probably not in line with that whole build a life for after the war thing
0: that and taking advantage of the uh, Aspas, they're the uh, weird ant monsters, like taking advantage of them using their, their pheromones to cause them to go nanners and attack the Duergar down there. Also, it felt like Norhill wasn't comfortable with using them like that and promoting more violence for yeah, their salvation. and you know, that
1: sort of runs counter to Norhill's growing theme of building peaceful alliances with the people who are going to be fighting the herald of
0: Steel. Yeah. Well, <coughs> like the Grudge Stone. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, don't okay. worry, it's all in the uh, book of grudges.
2: Thanks. <laughs> will right, right,
0: we'll march forth from the rebuilt halls to conquer all one day. <laughs> 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 the real quest, the real second campaign. Um, yeah. So, um. The uh, the next uh, person we have here is Kalika, which I think the majority of things for you in this involve that rust bomb where we had to go to Tartharja, the gnomish, experimented, augmented, rusty dragon who is barely sentient and capable of drawing cohesive thought. So, I mean, coherent thought. So, yeah. Well, I mean,
3: before that, we dealt with good old. Ooh, what oh, is true? Yeah, what's his name? What, Aldo? Yeah, good Aldo old Aldo, person. who Kliga was like, yeah, I'll help clean up this old man's house. And he very nicely said, You remind me of your mother. And when Kliga asked, What? He said, Something that didn't help that. Uh, yeah, he was like, hmm? So Kliga had some inclination that maybe her mother had met aldo at a previous point in his life and then much later on in this quest line through many hardships we find out that good old tatharja the uh beautiful golden dragon who had been reduced to a pitiful state and had now knocked two party members unconscious including our fighter and healer uh had some esteem for the terallius name Hmm. and recognized clica's mom again someone clica did not know hey what's up who are you um And decided to spare the party members in the insistence that Klingka would one day plead to Sarja's case for the Immortals. That his soul should be spared and welcomed into the land of Immortals. Which Klingka happily accepted because she didn't want her party members to die and she passed a sleight of hand check to bring Anton up.
1: Yeah, wasn't that whole thing also contingent on the idea that you should perform a miracle?
3: Yeah, which clicka certainly certainly did with, with the help, help of Jarzak with the help of Jarzak <laughs> to sleight of hand Anton up so that she could heal, heal Norhill and we could all get through this. But it was also the the first time that the Thorellius name saved or helped Kleeca when dealing with the dragon, which will come up later.
0: Sure. As things tend to in this campaign. Um, And then last, we have uh, uh, Jarzak. Um, What happened to you in this one?
3: But who is Kleeca's mom? Or dad? That's, question mark. It's not that's not no, important. No, it is. I still yeah. don't know. Hey, if you're listening right now, I don't know. <laughs> Are they dragons? Are they not? We. It's a hey, halfling
0: in a dragon, and that's how you make goblins.
3: Hey, if you're confused, I'm confused. Help me.
0: Uh, no, Klika, it's
1: it, it's it's a mystery box. That confusion is intentional, and we're never gonna answer the question.
3: I'm you gonna must be
0: so mad at me. I'm gonna create people at into dot gmail
3: right now <laughs> and if you have any ideas, please send them to at clicka.
0: I don't know if that's how at gmail works, but um, I'm gonna
3: find out.
0: <laughs> so what happened with our click dot gmail at gmail.com <laughs>
2: I mean,
0: well, I mean, I guess the biggest thing for you was that disagreement with Alec Hef, which I mean, we put in quotes that it was a disagreement. But yeah, you and Anton had a nice meeting with your friend.
2: Yeah, I, I went off to, you know, fight with my parents alone and <laughs> Anton
0: followed me.
2: It's like, no. Um, yeah, that was probably the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, honestly.
2: I mean, we got all right. Two new friends with the, uh, who was
0: it? Yikalith,
2: uh, and Aok. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Contrary to what Valaketh wanted you to do, you made good friends with. Oh the, yeah, no, and... definitely
2: was gonna just try and sneak off at the night and murder Klikah and blame it on them too. Um. Yeah, that is why you snuck off. That's what Oh, was. you sure was. <laughs> so good on Anton for following.
0: Sometimes I forget about the murderous <laughs> quests I send you on. <laughs> and then, you know, they're very grave, but, you know.
2: My Dark Lord um, told
0: me to. <laughs> yeah, He's always doing that. Yeah. Um, But this leads us to the last adventure, the most recent series, which is The Kings, where we have Azkabel and Gorgareth. But uh, these ones... um. Uh, I don't know, a little bit longer than the other ones, where Escabelum ran from uh, uh, sixty-eight to uh, eighty-five. Uh, yeah, uh, where good. the party say it,
3: say it real clearly. Go and ahead. yet,
0: I can summarize like twenty no, hours no, no, no. of material no, no, by no, no, saying,
3: no. "Don't just say it nice what? and clearly."
0: Yeah, sixty-sixty-eight to eighty motherfucking five. So the party how many, journey to Escabelum is that seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. So anyway, about 20 hours of content. Um, okay. The party journey to Ascabellum to find aid in the war effort from King Theron at the cost of saving an immortal and uniting their lands. So, holy moly, Krakatoli! Um, where to begin? I guess with Anton. So, uh, yeah, what happened with Anton in this one?
4: The this definitely threw Anton a little bit for a loop in the whole identity of who he is. He really started come to the moment where he is Glory Wake, Week, Glory Wake's his home. And then the whole question of his parentage came about, and he felt a little bit sidetracked by it. He always felt Glory Wake was his place that. He never had involvements of his parents, but he found that there was a little bit more to ask about than just a drought. He found there was more to it where he could even believe in more than just the Illuminator. That is not a world of one God, as many gods, and that there's not only one God who's hoping for the benefit of all. Uh, so it was definitely interesting for him to take on a different approach to considering what it would take to follow more than one god at once and getting a little bit of exposure to his his watery spells uh, that was a new touch that was one that was not anticipated
0: to say uh, with the mutiny out at sea on the wave wraith and the fact that you were able to just like fucking nearly yeah. drunk the boat just, just <laughs> dunking it underwater there
4: yeah, but he still he still redeemed himself by nearly burning by like burning down that island. Oh that poor man.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> How could
3: we forget about that? And us never quite
0: knowing going
3: forward <laughs> where the sun would rise.
4: Oh my what... god. <laughs>
0: this oh, is this true. This outside? is where <laughs> Yeah, the, the ambiguities of the sun rising in the east, the north, the west, or somewhere else. Maybe the south all because of Anton when he started fucking with the illuminator now the sun doesn't even know which way to go up like no 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 no. fully on you Dan no I know revisionist history it's Anton's fault Uh uh-huh um but yeah no you're definitely you're definitely right about having the multiple gods and feeling sort of a weird celestial pull um and being friend of multiple peoples, this is definitely where Anton starts to question where his homeland is, because he definitely looks a lot like Azkabellan natives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. um, Okay, and then yeah, we didn't find out too much about Norhill, other than he's not a very good tourist. <laughs> <had the> <laughs> I
1: mean, no, he's, a, he's an okay tourist. Uh, N- N- Norhill insisted on following local customs, even if that made him look like kind of a jerk in front of the king. Um, And I'm also strongly of the opinion that every time a boat comes up in a campaign, a character needs to get violently seasick and who better than the dwarf.
0: Good. And then we, we took something from Ira Steading in that final part and how did we defend that? Oh, that's the spoils of war, obviously. Right, that was a very earned treasure. There, he didn't steal from them, he had earned it. They were enemies who were rightfully bested.
1: Is Norhill wrong uh, at any of these points? He isn't, thanks. So.
0: I don't think so. But uh, okay, and as far as uh, Klikka and Nor- uh, Jarzak go for this next part, this is where we start seeing our fox jackal friend, right?
3: Uh, certainly, yes. We had a whole experience on the ship with that. Uh, after a failed mutiny in a very pus filled, I guess, character death, a meets another Tome Guard who maybe had a wanted poster out for her life. Who knows? Klikka still likes Tome Guard. They're pretty cool people. But. Uh, that's fine. And then when Klika finally. Arrives in Askevel She realizes. I don't really like this island. All that much. After some gladiator war games. Some. Rough encounters. In the desert. Uh, just. A lot of things that led Cleet gonna realize hey, maybe Esquivella isn't worth saving. Who knows? Uh, but what do you know? She drinks rabbit blood. It was good for her. She liked that cracked open a warm one. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you have
1: to call it that. It's hilarious.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: No, it's it... freaking scary. It no,
3: not... no, 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 no when you're in the desert with your buddy and he cracks open a warm one you are inclined to drink and everything complicated <laughs> everything that comes to you after that that's an experience don't deny it don't don't limit yourself so Klinga did it and look where she's at now hey what's up she We're kind of wa- she kind of wanted a water temple to be a water park she kind of got really sad when uh i guess herald of a god sort of just dies unceremoniously trying to save the party yeah it's all it happened it wasn't
0: she wasn't even like the, the point of that whole quest or anything, or potentially the one to unite all the three peoples of uh, of Asgabellum. But, you know, and it's whatever.
3: And at the end yeah. of the day, you show up to the king's palace, and he's like, hey, I've been spying on the queen the whole time, and she's kind of a demon. And you're like, oh, I've been writing letters to her this whole time. This will be good.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that also will never come up. Um, and then, yeah, now we go to Dolphin Boy himself. So, uh, what happened with Jarzak on this wonderful adventure?
2: Well, as you just said, this is when Jarzak, the professional swimmer, becomes Dolphin Boy. <laughs> he also this is his fourth fishing adventure, but his first successful catch.
0: <laughs> what did yeah? What did we catch? <laughs> A zombie shark? No. Yeah, a giant zombie There's great white shark. Yeah. The filthy waters out here by Bonebreak.
2: Uh, pretty sure he tossed his fishing rod in the waters to not deal with that. So that's the end of his fishing quest.
5: Um
2: Yeah. And- I think this is when he was up in the sales and stuff. This was the first time he saw
0: Domero. True, true. Where you had your sweet backflip move that definitely had nothing to do with the god of uh, luck and chance. Ah. Right. That's how legends are made. Um... Yeah, you also cracked open a warm one on your side quest there with a with Klika, which for Jarzak
2: was perfectly fine because of his gauntlet. Yeah, tasted great. We got our grows. new companion. Kick the click. True. Yeah, Jarzak picked up another you know sh- stray party member.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, I like how Klika befriends everybody. Has the child of destiny, and Jarzak befriends the giant bug man who eats rabbits. <laughs> It's like, come on, he's neat. Like, he's (laughs) just actively eating somebody's dog, like, kick, no. (laughs) That dog uh, was probably shitty. (laughs) He was probably a shitty dog. And then we found out that Jarzak not having to breathe is actually very helpful when riding giant bats and avoiding giant worms.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, I always go right. Yeah. Just always right and it's the easiest little mini game ever it was a great adventure for jarzak
0: (laughs) it does feel kind of like a video game where jarzak literally just like put the joystick as far to the right as possible in the top corner and flying game where like you just dodge all the things because you don't have to like you know what i mean you're just right outside the league but um okay um yeah, that definitely came in handy in all the water quests that we had to deal with with Era, where you didn't have to breathe and you could just walk through the water by sinking to the fucking bottom. But, you know.
2: <laughs> I, um, yeah, okay. I mean, I would have been on the bottom either way. I just would have been dying.
0: <laughs> it was a sink on your terms. But uh, this brings us to the last quest, which is Gora Gareth running from 86 to 106. I'm proud of it. Uh, the party must complete the portal in order to go to the land of immortals uh, to bring Ira home and ask for their aid before the Herald of Steel conquers all. War is on the horizon. War has come, and the party need to complete a very strange series of things in order to get dragon's blood, make the potion, fix the metal thing. Jarzak has to go home from some kind of family reunion at one point, uh, but all of this so that we can hopefully have a, a little bit of help before war consumes all here um so let's start with uh, Anton from the top so how is Anton affected by the end of times I mean this quest
4: well Anton didn't realize how big of a influence he was on this well in this realm he was always obsessed with making sure well he really became obsessed with making sure Gloria Wick was safe in the moment Gloria Wick was not safe because someone's other relatives decided to invade his home and take it over. Well, fucking
0: but, shots
3: fired.
4: But it was he like, hey, had no hold control on. over that. We're gonna
0: scratch that from the record too.
4: Sorry. No right. no no there's okay. no
0: imperialism in this game. No.
4: But uh yeah, he did when he finally did make it to Gogareth to the point where he could free his people who were made into slaves. Um finally taking on that very reluctant role of leading the people
0: um yeah because dealing with the, the death, high priest the, died
4: yeah dealing with the death of the high priest be considered a saint which he was very reluctant for this he would rather give this to someone who has always been there you know it's funny it spent his majority of his life in gory wake in reality he was only traveling for what the last how many oh, months was it
0: I think like six or nine, somewhere in there.
4: Yeah, so not even a year, but he still feels a bit estranged from it at this point, hoping for others to take the lead. But I guess being a beacon of hope and power, he'll he'll take it, only hoping he left his part, his, the people of Gory Wake back safely. But here he began to feel like there was a great unhealthiness. Uh, just what was going on it made him very stressed he's not a happy guy right now he's no longer that trusting generous innocent priest anymore
1: Um, it feels like winter
4: it 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 Uh feels like he's going to be put in positions like just further positions where he's really just gonna generosity like it's gonna put him in the question like he's already done a lot of damage in this world and seeing how much damage that potentially harold de steel will do he's just worried about how much more of a terrible influence is he gonna have at the end of the day
0: right yeah so. and you know i think the reluctance he that just feels here I was going to say the, the the reluctance that Anton feels is almost the most important point throughout the whole campaign is it's it's like Anton's always kind of sought validation in his life whether he likes it or not and it feels like being validated by being deemed a saint by the dwarves and by being deemed like the new leader of, of Glory Wake and the church by the people it's like I don't know you'd think Anton to be happy about it but it's almost like Anton's in disbelief you know like you said about how time kind of flew by it's like so much of the world's weight fell on Anton's shoulders just because he tried to do the right thing and now that he's here and did the right thing it's like well who is Anton to begin with you know does he really even belong in Glory Wake? like where is his home what does any of this matter and why is it his fucking duty to deal with it so it's yeah kind of understandable for Anton to be feeling a certain way about it all but luckily Anton has people like Norhill How did Norhill behave in this series of, uh, in this quest here?
1: Oh, yeah. So apparently Norhill got to do uh, all the good stuff. Uh, Be a king, be a supportive dad, give everybody, you know, some some little talks. He only gets seasick, not airsick, apparently. Um, But um, I think one of my favorite things is Norhill continuing to cement friendly alliances, even if they're, like, very unlikely, uh, Like how he was willing to show mercy to uh, the goblin defectors and the bugbears that were following the dragon, even going so far as to offer them land in return for their help. Right. And start making at least diplomatic, if not 100% positive ties with the orcs, now that Darzak is also a reluctant leader a whole party of reluctant leaders.
5: Yeah, we support each that's other. That's
0: how it works. Um. Okay. And then we move on to Kalika, who Kalika also went through a few fucking moves on this one. But um. Yeah, I
3: mean, like, this was kind of the time for Kalika to realize that she has been through a lot with everyone around her. She's at this point now returned from Ascabellum to enton she has sort of brought a God back into the fold. And so she just was like, Hey, let's get a picture painted. And (laughs) that was her, first instinct uh hold on
0: yeah because I, I think in the memory of what oops this was definitely uh for Cleka. this was where she kind of like matured with her alienness that she has by like, you know what I mean? Mastering things like the teleportation and stuff. So it, it kind of makes sense that she would try to ground herself a little bit with like the painting and sort of solidifying her friendships with people. But unfortunately, she had some the note. Uh, dead dad is not a very friendly one to have. Hey, yeah. Details, hey, but you
3: know, when you're traveling through the desert and you get attacked by a bunch of ghosts that represent all of your party's failures in the past and then your dad dies. You sort of just got to deal with it. And the fact that maybe your cleric knows that your weapon haunted everyone whoever was stabbed by it in the past. But they're not going to tell you that. And that's nice by them. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Flicker got cleansed. Your dad, question mark, died. Whatever you go to a mountain you knock out a bard uh he was going to die if he didn't he's kind of upset that you did and it's whatever and then you uh teleport a bunch of people back to the main town and you got monkey feet what's up that's clika yeah.
0: I mean, basically, and this is sort of where after meeting the Cherish Hesderun, the Red Dragon. Oh, Cleveland, God, yeah. Holy shit, that still happens. Gives yeah. a little scoop on the yeah, yeah, you,
3: you look into <laughs> lava, you talk about your family's past, doors open, a giant dies, and uh, uh ancient Red Dragon definitely hates you and your mom. Question mark?
0: Yeah, so first, it, what, may or may not. Yeah, but then um, yeah, we'll talk about the uh, agreement at the end of uh, at the end of Jarzak's, but what about Jarzak? This was kind of Jarzak's huge one.
2: So, for Jarzak, uh, this is where he had a real turning point in his generosity and uh donates his one of his stones to uh the captain of the ship so that he can go s- try and find his love again yeah. even though he has no clue where they're at but at least he can be at the bottom of the ocean looking by himself good luck and he left me his boat so now i've got a boat
0: and just captain of the wave reef. yeah and not long after,
2: the boat got taken away from me and
0: worked on by gnomes. You know, that part doesn't matter so much. Yeah, yeah. What does matter is the fact that you almost, uh, you saw Bigfoot and um, you fought an old woman who couldn't defend herself. When the oh my God. did I see Bigfoot? On the it way was when we were on the, the mountain. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did see Bigfoot. Oh, no. What the fuck did we see? Bigfoot?
1: <laughs> Sam squints. You must have been about a ten footer.
0: Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Um, yeah. This is also when when the party returned home and the inn burned down with uh, with Kick and it Kick was trying to save you and you went back into the burning heap. Remember?
2: Yeah, because you got to save your boy Kick, the click.
0: You know, you don't just let him die. Oh, no. And he's definitely not gonna die later on. Can imagine me killing he, him too.
2: Oh, you know what?
0: About if you
2: do, then Jarsec has something for the orcs to do, and it's figure out who killed Kick and like get rid of them. Their <laughs> people, just, their gods.
0: There's like a thousand orc man party <laughs> just scouring the land looking for kick's murderer. <laughs> 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 Gold team rules. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. And then this is when we made our way with our flying boat, now that, it's, now that it flies, to our homeland where we had a nice meeting with our brother. Would you like to talk about your uh, meeting with your brother? You know, okay. little brother. Sometimes. So anyway, that's where we ended. <laughs> so what happened with your meeting with your brother? How'd that go?
2: God. He was upset about, you know, stuff that happened in the past. They just couldn't let it go. So like leaving him to die. Um. No. And an old chestnut. Yeah, you know, it is <laughs> it is what it is. And it's then he they... just wanted to murder Jarzak for it.
0: And challenged but him in to... the ancestral way, as orcs do in that, that field of champions there.
3: Yeah. The ancestral way.
0: Yeah. This is the Orcish way. Oh. Tradition. A
5: good old fight to the death.
0: And that's where Jarzak died. See, that would have been a funnier ending. (laughs) Just having Jarzak die right there. (laughs) Just deserved the end. Um, but no, instead we beheaded our brother after a long-winded fight, and then uh Turns out the Deceiver had his money on both sides of this bet. And, uh yeah, Anton jumped in on this fight. Yeah, was was, he, was in in some, some,
4: he was throwing in some, like, illegal moves in there. Yeah, you no cheating have...
2: allowed. Good thing we have referee Anton.
0: <laughs> just turns undead and obliterates the guy.
2: It's just him blowing Very a whistle good. on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that put Jarzak in the position of a king, the, the third of the reluctant leaders in the party here. Um, and uh, at this point, when we were dealing with the dragon at the end, uh, the dragon decided to alert the group of them that the dragon would assist them, help melt the, uh, melt the uh, metal to fit perfectly in the mold for the portal in exchange for an agreement that it would ask one favor of each of you 100 years in a day from now. Mentioning that uh, Jarzak was uh, close to the top of the list of people. He was very eager to talk to you about this. So, everybody's definitely pumped to see the dragon in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's uh, where we I think, technically, right?
3: Klica doesn't have that deal with the dragon. Is that true? I'm pretty sure Klika does. No, I mean... Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was... Norhill, Anton, anton jarzak who made that deal that uh pretty
0: sure you co-signed on this little lease here buddy i'm pretty hey, sure you're I, also on the hook for it
3: like whatever like it just
0: pulls out the contract in a hundred years like my name's not on this co signment you need to get your fat red ass out of here the dragon's like damn you damn my lawful evil alignment jarzak gets two visits <laughs> Jarzak gets double dip. Um, just well, one he already does because his brother, like ten years prior, <laughs> it turns out your brother put your name down as the one he'd come to in a hundred years. Easy
2: peasy. That's fine. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm used to just but, being uh, like, "Yes, sir,"
0: and getting the job done. <laughs> but that uh, that's where we end our big Giganto recap. A hundred plus episodes in. I'm pumped already to finish this up in a big explosive ending. Anybody who sat here and listened to this whole recap, we love you. We are very grateful to have you as a listener. I've been happy to DM over 100 episodes of this nonsense. So. I
3: mean, like, fucking for real. If you've been in this from the beginning, hell yeah, dude. Like, anything absolutely. Fucking part. shout out.
0: <laughs> you know, and if you it, picked it's it a it up at any point
1: After the beginning, too, you're also very welcome and we appreciate you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even if this is the first episode, we love you. But all right, guys, that's it. Good night. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at YoungGrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeness.